0: All right, so just uh, yesterday I blew out my sprinklers and I winterized my camper and I got it all done. I went inside, okay, old man winter, bring it on. I'm ready for you. And here he came, just like that boom. And so, you know, it's one thing to be ready uh, for a storm, to be ready for the winter, but do you ever get caught in one when you're not ready? Uh, I was uh, hiking uh, Grays and Tories years ago, a couple 14ers on the front range, and um, it was raining down below. I think it was September, October, and I had rain gear, so I'm good. And You know, I had a, a friend who used to always say, uh, there's no such thing as bad conditions, just bad equipment. False. That is false. And so I got up to the top of uh, Gray's, and it was snowing pretty hard, and Torrey's is just a little over, uh, over the way. I think it's that way. I don't remember which one's first. And so then I, I said, I got to do it. I, you know, I'm just too close. And so it's snowing pretty hard. It was just me and my dog. And I get over to the top of Torrey's. And i look over and i mean it is just a whiteout and the the wind is blowing must be 20 miles an hour up there and i can't see the trail i can't see anything it's a good foot and a half of snow already and i I seriously was like oh man i i don't really i can't even see the way out of here and so i start walking and um all i know is that there's like a cliff over here and you know stay kind of to this side and there's no trail and fortunately uh, my dog was there and my dog just knew and so uh, my dog saved my life. I just followed my dog right out of there. And so if you get caught in a blizzard, if you're not ready, it, I mean, it's a scary thing. You realize how small you are and how big it is. It's one thing to watch the snow. It's so beautiful when you're outside. But when you're stuck in the middle of it, it's a whole different thing. And we're going to look at the disciples, a very famous passage. We're looking at these questions Jesus asked. And so very familiar Bible passages. Uh, but we're zeroing in on the questions that Jesus asked in the middle of it. We're going to be in Mark four thirty-five. And the disciples, they get caught in a storm. You know, I've looked at pictures of the Sea of Galilee. I haven't been there, but I thought, what's the big deal, you know? I mean, it's not like Lake Michigan or something like that. Uh, but it's about uh, four times the size of Blue Mesa and uh, I can tell you it's about 40 times the size of Ridgway. and I was actually Gina and I were once on a canoe on Ridgeway and uh, we were fishing just kind of going around and just out of nowhere this big storm came up and we were freaking out I mean we were paddling as hard as we could and the waves that little Ridgeway were coming over our canoe and pushing us this way and that way we couldn't make any headway we go over to the shore and it's worse because they're kind of crashing over there and then there we are at Ridgeway we're like at the. Was like we're gonna drown we're gonna die in Ridgeway of course we didn't die if you were wondering and we, we made it and we got out of there and uh, but even there it was like if you're not ready it could come upon you so this is what happens to the Apostles so let's look at Mark chapter 4 verse 35 and it said that day when evening came he said to his disciples let us go over to the other side leaving the crowd behind they took him along just as he was in the boat there were also other boats with him A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. So it's a big deal here. And Jesus was in the stern, interesting, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he got up, and he rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So that's the question that we're going to look at, the question that Jesus asked, and I think a question that Jesus is asking you and I right now. Why are you so afraid? Now it seems pretty obvious to me, because we are about to die, right? But the question is now, no, what are you afraid of in the middle middle of this? Are you afraid that you're going to have to swim? Are you afraid you're going to lose your boat? Are you afraid that you're going to drown? And the question is, should they be? Because Jesus was right there with them. And if, even if the worst of the worst happens and they go to the other side, Jesus will be right there. Should they be afraid? It's such an important question right now. What are you afraid of? You know, uh, Bill Johnson, he he says that everything that we do comes out of either love or fear. I think that's interesting. I'm not sure, you know, I still got to think about that one a little bit. but, But if it's true, everything we do is either rooted in love or fear. And I think it's important for us to think about what is the root of the decisions that you are making right now? What's your motivation? What's behind it? Is it fear or is it love? And if it is fear, you know what you will do? You will overreact, won't you? You'll you'll come in, you'll come swooping in with a knee-jerk reaction, likely make things worse because you're afraid. Or if you're afraid, you'll step back and you'll miss these amazing opportunities that God has for your life. But if you move in love, if you move in the love of God and you decide, even though that's intimidating, I'm not so sure about that, but I'm going to just make the decision and take the path of love in the midst of this, you know what you're going to find? Power. You're going to find God's power in the middle of it. You're going to find his victory in the middle of it, and you're going to see why well, I moved in God's love, God's love moved forward, and we won in the middle. And that's why if you are a control freak, that's why it doesn't work, right? Because control, what is that born out of? It's fear. I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta make sure that happens, and everybody around you is being infected by your fear as you try to control them so instead we choose the way of love and I want to ask you today what are you afraid of a lot of people are afraid of an economic collapse right things look a little shaky things are already tightening up in the economy right now people are understandably afraid of war of world war health issues right violence maybe failure I mean, really, right now, I'd like to ask you, what are you afraid of? Think of that right now. What are you afraid of? What causes you to fear? Chapman uh, did a study in uh, 2022, so it's a year old, and they found that the three things that Americans are most afraid of, the number one thing in 2022 that Americans were afraid of was corrupt government officials. Now, that's something to be afraid of. The next one is people that I love becoming ill. That is always on the list every year they do it. And interesting, the third one is Russia using nuclear weapons. Those are the top three fears of Americans. Now, so you get the what. Okay, what am I afraid of? Then the next question is, why am I afraid of it? And I think Jesus is asking us to take a little inventory here. Why are we afraid of that thing? Isn't it because we're afraid of what we're going to lose? We're going to lose our comfort, our way of life, our happiness, our freedom, our control, and our health. And the question I have for you is, even if that happens, won't Jesus still be there? Won't Jesus still have a plan? I mean, think about all you've already been through, and here you are right now with Him. And so He asked the disciples, why are you afraid? The, the boat's going to sink, well, why are you afraid? We're going to die. Listen, I'm right here. Why are you afraid? And i want to tell you listen catch this no matter what you're afraid of whatever you face even if you have to go through that storm listen to me jesus is in the boat jesus is in the boat right now with you if you have health issues guess what jesus is in that boat financial problems he's in the boat change in the boat loss jesus is in the boat death jesus is in the boat whatever worst case scenario you could possibly come up with in your mind Jesus is right there in the boat now I know you look around and I mean people are worried people are worried about what's going on in Israel right now that it's going to spread to something big and and you know what that's possible and some are wondering like is this the beginning of like world war three here but i just want to show i'm going to bring you back to a passage that i just briefly mentioned in a little video as we were praying for israel last week luke 21 verse 25 and I, and there's just one thing i want to make really really clear about this passage so jesus is talking about the end and he says there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth, nation will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. I mean, this sounds scary. Men will faint from terror, yikes. Apprehensible of what is coming on the world for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. And at that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Now, one of the things that I wanted to point out here, it says, when these things begin to take place. Now, I don't know where we are, but there are things that are shaking around us, right? And it doesn't say, when Jesus finally comes, stand up. It doesn't say, well, when you hear that trumpet blast, that's when you look up. He says, when these things start happening, when they begin to happen, that's actually when you stand up. I love the New American Standard says, straighten, straighten up, straighten your back. When these things around us start to seem kind of scary, that's actually when we lift up our heads. That's actually when we start to have some anticipation because we know that Jesus is in this boat right now that he's right here in the middle of what's going on, and he is doing something. But in the middle of it, we have to use the weapons of our warfare. We have to be spiritual people. See, because what's everybody else doing? It says right here that men are fainting from terror. They're falling down, and oh, they're panicking. And what are we doing? We're straightening up. We're looking up, knowing that God is in control. But you're not going to do this because you're just so strong or because you're so smart you're going to do this because you are in communion and connection with God and right now as other people are like oh that is a great time for us to stand up to straighten up and to look to God and to make sure we are connected with God and I'm just seeing more and more that that it's not a time to mess around with our relationship with Jesus we can't do it like we used to do it's like kind of optional it's listen it is becoming less and less optional a few days ago on a tuesday night uh wednesday morning um about four thirty, i felt like uh, god woke me up and, and he asked me to pray and i'll tell you i, I said no now you know no one ever just says no well what they do is they say is this really you lord are you really telling me to pray right now you know and listen, I mean, at 4.30 in the morning, I am not telling me to pray. That's for sure. It's not me, right? And, and I was like, uh, is, I just, I'm not, if you really want me to, I'll get up and I'll just wait here for 15 minutes and see. And of course, I fell right back to sleep, right? And so then the next night, I felt like God told me before I went to bed, I felt like he told me to pray. So I, I went into and uh, I got into the recliner and I put it back and I said, dear Lord, <sighs> fell right to sleep. Well, then it was that morning, I had probably one of the most troubling dreams I've ever had in my life. I mean, it was just, and I'm not gonna go into it because I don't wanna give uh, glory to the enemy, but I'll tell you one little aspect of the dream. It's like I was kinda here, and I was watching almost through a screen, and I actually saw the enemy in front of me. And what he was doing was grabbing people's hands and just taking them along with him. And I woke up the next morning, I was like, Lord, what was that? And i just felt the holy spirit just just clearly say to me you have to pray i'm calling you to pray i'm calling you to engage it listen this isn't a joke we have a real enemy and there are real issues around us and people are taking being dragged away by him right now and we've got to engage the warfare use the weapons that he's given us and so friday at 4:30 in the morning i woke up and guess what i did i prayed And it was the most average prayer time I've ever had in my life. I'd like to say, oh, it was just so incredible. And it wasn't. It was just a moment of obedience. It was just a moment like, okay, God, I will engage what you're asking me to do. I'm going to commune with you. It's time to be serious about our connection with Jesus. And when he calls, we obey. And we use the weapons that he's given us. And we become people of prayer. And we become people of worship. And we become people of the word. And if we do that, if we walk in that, the rest of the world can faint in terror. And what we will do is we will straighten our backs and we will look up and we'll say, okay, God, your redemption is nigh. In your situation, we look up and we say, okay, God, your redemption is nigh. And we will be a deeply connected people with God in the midst of this. And we'll be a strong people because we're connected. And we will be deeply kept and we will be given a deep peace as we are in Him, but we have to use the tools that He's given us. We have to walk by the Spirit of God. And I want to remind you that the one who can tell the wind and the waves, stop, is the one who's in your boat. Straighten up, lift up your head. Know that God is here. I mean, it is good for us to be ready it's one of the reasons we're gonna do a prayer and worship night on Wednesday and I want to invite you to that at 630 and I think this is a culture changing moment for our church where this is gonna be a regular happening at least every other month if not every month we're gonna to gather together and we're gonna worship we're gonna listen we're gonna hear we're gonna share but we're gonna spend time as a church just praying taking a big portion of that praying together looking to him using the tools and weapons that he's given us so that if or when things go crazy around us, we stand. We lift up our heads, we know. But the disciples, their, their question actually shows part of the problem. It's the same problem that many of us have. Do you see what they said to them? They said, "Well, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care if we drown? And isn't that the question that a lot of us have in the storms that we face, the things that, look, uh, that are frightening us as we look out on the horizon? We're like, God, do you really care? I mean, do you care enough to do something about this? And the disciples, and we're afraid to death that he's just going to kind of get up and walk out on the water and watch the boat go down, you know, and just kind of watch it happen, right? And what's Jesus' response to us and to the apostles when he says that? He says, do you still have no faith? And it's not just faith that God can do it. The problem is they don't have faith in his heart for them. He doesn't, they don't have faith and, and, and understand who God really is and what he really thinks about us. See, if we're like, well, God, don't you care? We, we don't have faith in what he says and all these promises and all these truths about how he feels about you, that he was thinking about you before creation. That you are always on his mind. That you are the apple of his eye. And do you really think that if we had faith and we understood what he says about our relationship with him, that he would just get out of the boat and watch you go down? Do you still not have any faith? I mean, where has he been unfaithful to you? Where has he not brought you through a storm? When has he not put you back together again? And I wanna remind you, whose idea was it to get in the boat in the first place? Jesus said, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. It was Jesus' idea to put you in this boat. It's Jesus who had you where he has you. And see, knowing that Jesus is always in the boat, there's one of two things that are gonna happen in any storm you possibly go through. Whatever it is, the first thing is either it is the point of the trip or it is the path to get to the point. If you go through a storm, Jesus has let that happen. He is letting you go and so there's one or leading you there possibly. So it is either the point of the trip or it is the path to get to the point of the trip. See, is it possible actually that very storm that you fear is the point of the journey? Because look at the outcome here. What happens to the apostles? They find out something that no one else in the world knew. That this man who is with him is in charge of creation. I mean, they see something nobody else sees. That This guy can speak to the wind and it stops. They find that they are with the Creator, the one who has all authority. And did you see that at the very end they were terrified? But they aren't terrified of the wind they aren't terrified of the storm they aren't terrified of death it says they are terrified of him because they're like who is this guy who are we in the boat with they started being afraid of the waves they ended being afraid of jesus and see part of our problem is a lack of fear of god knowing his greatness and his might and his strength i mean god jesus tells us he says don't don't fear those who can kill the body that's nothing and i know for us it's like but that's everything and god says no it's nothing fear the one who can determine where you are going to spend eternity that's the thing that we really need to be concerned with that's what our eyes are on and let's not forget what the one who is in our boat can do and how joyful that we're on his side right Now, God, he doesn't bring evil. God can't do evil. But in the storm, in that thing like, ah, I don't know, listen, you can be certain it is part of the path of the destination that he has for you. This is the way, Jesus says, get in the boat. Because we got a demoniac on the other side and we're gonna set him free. We gotta go through this storm first. And we're going to deliver him and then the gospel is going to go through the decapolis because we're going to let him know who i am we got to go through that i mean think of that the very thing that you're afraid might happen the very thing you are like oh, i don't just not there that actually may be the path to the fullness of god's freedom and power and joy and work in your life it's possible that that's the storm you have to go through now i want to tell you that by far by far, most of my fears have not materialized. By far, most of the things I'm afraid of never happen. My uh, my brother-in-law, uh, he was telling a, a story. I think it was like a, he was in a rafting thing. I can't remember. It was quite a few years ago, and it was you know he was being really dramatic, and it was like touch and go. And and I remember my little niece. She, she looked up at him and she said, "Uncle Rick, did you die?" And he he did, without missing a beat he said, "Yes, I did." Well, of course he didn't die. God took care of him I and mean, things we're afraid of, right? They, they, most of them don't happen, but listen, some of them have. Some of the things I've ha- been afraid of have come to pass. And the path through them has changed me. At one point or another, I have been terrified of having to remove a staff member or a pastor. I've been afraid of losing a lot of church members. I've been afraid of losing all the church. That happened for like eight weeks, right? I've been afraid of losing loved ones. I've been afraid of making really, really big mistakes and bad choices, and do you know what every single one of those things have in common? They've all happened. Gone through every single one of those fears. But since Jesus is in my boat, he has used every single one of them in my life big time. Has anyone anyone been going to this church for 10 years or more? Okay, would you say, that I'm a little different than I was 10 years ago. And isn't it, you know, I would say, I don't know what, what all that's changed, but wouldn't you say, I would say, that it's because I've gone through these fears of God. I faced them. They don't owe me anymore. There's a new freedom, a new resolve. Do you know what's waiting for you on the other side of your fear? Now listen, I, I pray that you don't have to go through the storm. I don't want difficulty for you. But if you do, do you know what is waiting on the other side of the storm? I promise you I promise you whatever the storm is one thing that is waiting for you is a way forward you will go through the storm and God will have a way forward. maybe a new normal maybe a difficult process but because God always has a plan for you that's a promise he always has a plan for you whatever you go through there is a way forward do you know what else is waiting for you on the other side of a storm clarity The apostles understood who Jesus really was. There's clarity for you on the other side of the storm, who God really is in your life, what God really does, clarity of your values, clarity of what you really think and what you're going to stand for. And the third thing, which is the thing that I think has changed most in me in the last 10 years, is resolve. I am going forward. I've been through a storm before. I'll go through another one. I will go wherever Jesus tells me to go because I know he will be faithful and he will take me through. And church, it is time for us to decide, are we a Romans 8.28 people or are we not a Romans 8.28 people? We know that in all things God works for the good of those who have been called by him according to his purpose. We know what things, some things, most things, good things, all, what does all mean? It means all I'm pretty sure I haven't looked it up but the Greek for all I bet means all <laughs> all things that means your storms that means your fears that means your difficulties listen are we a Romans eight twenty eight people or aren't we do we believe it or don't we we cannot experience anything that he didn't already know about a, a friend of mine actually just passed away this morning and I was visiting his family In the hospital and uh, his wife was telling me and and they're older and she said you know I've uh, I've known him since I was 15 years old and one of the things that I prayed for her was God you knew when she was 15 about this moment he knew when he got started he knew how it would end he's there in the boat we can't go anywhere where Jesus isn't in our boat so why are you afraid well i'll tell you why i am because it might hurt right i mean it's woody allen who said i'm not afraid of death i just don't want to be there when it happens (laughs) maybe this is going to hurt maybe this difficulty is going to be a little much well it might it might hurt change usually hurts but listen that's where the faith in the grace of god comes in that's where we say okay his grace is sufficient for whatever thorn whatever difficulty we have to walk through Yeah, It might hurt, but his grace is going to be there in the middle of the hurt. And, And I've walked through loss before. And you know how I did it? By his grace. And I've experienced pain before. And you know how I did it? By his grace. And if you have a fear that materializes, listen, it is just the valley on the road to the way that he has for you. And so when I think of the possible fears, yeah, I'm like, Lord, just not that one, please. But if that's where you want to take me, if you decide that I need to go through that, then I know you'll have something for me. Because I believe Romans 8.28. I'm a Romans 8.28 man. We are a Romans 8.28 church. So if I, Lord, I don't want it, but if that's where we're headed, here we go. If that's where you're taking me, I know you have something for me in it, so here we go. And I promise you, when it is done, you will be able to say at least two things. You will be able to say, God was good to me. He won't change his nature. He will be good to you in the middle of it. And the second thing you'll be able to say is, and you know what, Jesus was always with me. And then there will be a number of different things of how he refined you and changed you and shaped you and what he taught you in the middle of that thing because he doesn't waste anything. And I want you to take your anxiety and really what I'd like you to trade it in for is anticipation. To know there's life for us. Church, you know one of the things that I don't think you understand is you're on offense right now. So we all think you have the ball. We all think we're on defense. This is actually a time right now in a season where we're supposed to be taking the ball forward in our relationships. This is a time we're supposed to be reaching out to others. We're supposed to be seeing his victory. Where you're supposed to move in his power and his confidence and his grace. This is not a time. When you saw the end, Jesus didn't say, and when all those things begin to take place, go hide. Just get in your little prayer closet. Now we need to pray and make sure nobody sees you. He says, oh, stand up. Look up. We go forward. Our redemption is drawing nigh. And whatever you are thinking about in your mind, insert two truths along with it, that every path and every possibility is either the point or the path to the point, first of all. Bring that along into the thinking. And then the second thing, wherever it takes me, Jesus is in my boat. Do you know in our nation right now, Jesus is in the boat in our world right now, Jesus is in the boat. In your life, in your circumstances, Jesus is in the boat. And the one who can tell the wind and waves to be still is right there next to you. So I want to ask God right now to come and just minister to your fears. So I'm going to ask you just to bow your head. If you're carrying an anxiety, if you're carrying a fear, just kind of put your hands right in front of you. And that just, I just want that to symbolize like here it is. And so, Lord, you see these fears. You see this anxiety. And, Lord, we we just bring our fears right now. Lord, the big one, this one, Lord, we we bring it and we we just put it before you. Lord, and just tell them what you're afraid of. Tell them right now what you're afraid of. Did you have your hands out. And now, now just say this, God, I give you this fear. I trust you. In the midst of this fear, I anticipate your goodness if I have to go through this fear. And Lord, I just pray that right now that you would take all these fears that are put before you, God, we're just offering them up to you. We don't want them anymore. And Lord, I ask that you would just remove the fear right now, take the fear out of our hands. And I know that what you have in place is you just want to put trust, you want to put faith. You want to put love in our hands as well. And I ask, Lord Jesus, that that you would come and, Lord, we just repent for being afraid. And, Lord, we ask that by your Holy Spirit you would give us a courage that's beyond us, a hope that's greater than us. Lord, I pray that you would help us right now in this, in this very thing that we're giving to you, that we would be a Romans 8, 28 people. Lord, whatever you're going to do with this thing that's in front of us, whatever you decide, whatever you allow, Lord, we believe that you're going to work for our good in all situations. We believe that there is a plan through this, and there is a plan on the other side of this, Lord. And I pray that you would increase our faith, God. Lord, these are the times that you have given us. These are the circumstances where you have brought us So Lord, we embrace them, we lift up our heads, we straighten our backs, and Lord, in this thing that we hold before you, we declare in Jesus' name that our redemption is drawing nigh, our deliverance is coming, our freedom is here, and I declare over every single one of you right now, over every single fear, in Jesus' name, you are more than a conqueror you are more than a conqueror you are more than a survivor that in this thing you will thrive and in this thing I declare you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living not just when you die you will see it here you will see him prosper you you will see him guide you you will see him change you you have victory in this fear. So, Lord, I thank you for the victory that is ours, that is promised, Lord, even in these things that we most dread. And I pray that you would remove our anxiety, you would fill us with anticipation, that we, Lord, even if the people are feigning around us, Lord, that we are a people of hope. That we are a people who stand tall, eager, Lord, for your work and your redemption. Thank you, Lord, that we can, because the promises that you have given us are true. In Jesus' name.